Kyle Dubas has gone all in with the acquisitions of Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. Are they the final missing pieces for the Maple Leafs to get out of the first round and beyond? We'll discuss that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast. You want to shop for all things Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. That's Locked On Leafs, and we got a little bit of a... Uh, New, or uh, what do we call this? I guess uh, breaking news, podcast, reaction, a little bit of an emergency podcast, let's call it, because the Toronto Maple Leafs have made another big trade, Dave. Toronto has acquired Jake McCabe at 50% cost and Sam Lafferty from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a 2025 first-round pick, a 2026 second-round pick, Joey Anderson, and Pavel Gogolev, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but what's you now? Let's break down these players and and where they fit and what's next. But what were your original thoughts on the deal when it went down? Um, I kind of I was listening to the Jeff Merrick show when it was when he was kind of saying it sounds like Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty are on the move, and I'm like. This sounds this sounds a little too good to be true in terms of like this is this sounds like the Leafs are making the deal because those are two names we had heard with the Leafs. So when the trade goes down, of course you're just kind of just you're like going through all the different pieces because there was a lot that were going both ways, right? Because the Leafs acquired a couple of conditional picks, which I found to be a little interesting in that one, and then all the picks going to Chicago. You're looking at the conditions for that one. You're looking at the salary team. So it's just a lot to kind of take in in the moment. But once you kind of digest everything, you're just like, this is actually like tidy business for Kyle Dubas. Yeah. Why is that? Well, first and foremost, when you look at the, like, we were, we were talking yesterday in the previous show about Tanner Janot and what the Lightning gave up for him. And then you look at what what Dubas gave up to get Jake McCabe, who's still in the contract for two more seasons, Sam Lafferty, who signed for another year. Like that's that's some tidy business. And the Leafs still have their first round pick for next year. And the Leafs still have Matthew Nyes. They get an upgrade on the blue line. They add more more of what they needed in the bottom six. Like they fulfilled both of our trade needs that we discussed on that we discussed that they need to do. Yeah, we said, what's next? Is there still something out there? And, you know, I believe they needed to add a top four defenseman. They did that in Jake McCabe. And you came out and you said, I still want them to add one more piece, you know, in the bottom six. And they went and they added that in Sam Lafferty. I may add that Sam Lafferty has uh, twice the amount of goals as Tanner Janot does, just saying, uh, this season. But um, let's break these two te- these two players down individually, and then we can kind of figure out where they slot 
and then what's next for Toronto. We also um, will hear from Kyle Dubas as well at the end, uh, his press conference. Um, so we'll also hear from, from Dubas. But when it comes to uh, Jake McCabe, let's start there, right? That's the main piece coming back to Toronto, a physical top four defenseman uh, who can play the left and the right side. So he's got that versatility where you can slot him on either side of the blue line, which I think is probably something that was very attractive to the Maple Leafs because Sheldon Keefe loves, loves to toy with his lineup. And when you get a guy who can play and has that type of flexibility, um, that's definitely always going to be a, a, a plus one in Keefe's books. Um, he kills penalties. He'll play at 20 minutes a night. Very good defensively. One of the things that I noticed, I know plus minus isn't necessarily a stat that we like to track in today's modern game, but when you are a plus seven and your team is a minus 62, that does mean something to me. That clearly means that good things are happening when you're out on the ice, when, and especially since you're on a bad team. And somehow you're keeping pucks out of the net and you're making sure that you're creating offense um, for your own team. And to be a plus seven when your team's minus 62 is very hard to do. And uh, that, that was definitely a statistic that stood out to me. You talk about wanting a guy who plays physical, someone who, you know, can hit and block shots and kill penalties. Well, we're talking about a guy who has 799 career blocks, 810 career hits. There's over a hundred in both of those categories this season alone. Uh, so he checks both those boxes. And what you noted, I think, is almost what's most important about this trade. And it's the contract situation. Under contract for two more years after this one. So that's three seasons you get of Jake McCabe. Or at least the rest of this one, plus two full years of Jake McCabe, a top four defenseman. Um, and at 50% of his cap hit, which was $4 million at 50%, that's $2 million bucks for a top four defenseman for three postseason runs. Where else can you find a top four defenseman for $2 million in today's NHL? Nowhere. So that's why it costs a little bit to give up. That's why it costs a first-round pick because you're getting such a great asset at a cheap price in Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, who also is under contract next season as well. We'll get to him. Um but a couple things that I pulled from what Kyle Dubas had to say when he was praising uh, the addition of Jake McCabe, you know, he says that he kind of fits the 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 muzzin hole in a in a way, and he likes what he does there. Um, he played with Seth Jones, so he shows that he can play with good puck moving defensemen. Maybe you set him up with Morgan Riley. We can get to that momentarily. But he really defends well, and he moves the puck. Remember when we were having that conversation about? you know, getting a Jake Muzzin replacement. I said, it's not just somebody who's physical. Jake Muzzin was also a good passer of the puck, and he had a good first pass and was able to transport it from the defensive end up to the forwards through the neutral zone and to establish good offensive entries. And getting somebody who could also do that and play your physical game, I think is definitely key. Is he as physical as Jake Muzzin in front of the net? Maybe not. So maybe you want to call him a Muzzin light, but I think he's probably close enough where you look at the blue line, you look at the versatility that he can bring. This is a tremendous, tremendous addition to this team's blue line. And it's way better with him in it than uh, it was when I woke up this morning. Yeah. That's the important thing. It, the Leafs defense is better now and it's better equipped for the playoffs than it was a week ago. Right. Everybody else gets slotted in the right spots. And you brought up the Jake Muzz thing. Like, it's not, to, and you brought up the idea of not just being physical, but being able to move the puck out of your own. 
that's what teams like Tampa and Boston are hoping is that you're they're going to be able to keep the Leafs in their own end. So having guys that are going to be able to, you know, get into those passing lanes, get into those shooting lanes, and hopefully be able to break out of their zone with a little more ease, that's so important uh, for this team. And, yeah, I think a lot of people don't really realize the benefit, not just for this year, but this isn't a, an all-in for – it is it is an all-in for this year move, but it's one that doesn't mean you're throwing all your chips into this year as well. There's still pieces that are going to be around for the next few years. That's right. So that's what Jake McCabe brings to the table. Let's get to Sam Lafferty and what he brings to the table. Um, for me, he's a guy, a speedy four-checker, with a bit of snarl, he's got a bit of a scoring touch. He's a great penalty killer, and he plays really well in his own zone. So he's a guy who would be trusted pretty well on the third or fourth line. We'll see where he ends up, um, and he'll go to the net. And, you know, that was something that I noted that Kyle Dubas said. He can score in tight, and I like what the additions you look at, what Toronto has made. They bring in Sam Lafferty. They bring in Ryan O'Reilly. They bring in Nolachari. That's an element that the Maple Leafs really lacked previously in the playoffs. And that's where you saw guys like Pat Maroon, Nick Paul, Corey Perry. Though That's where those guys scored goals often, right in there around the crease. A dirty garbage goal in tight because they went to those areas. Sam Lafferty will go to those areas, and he's one of those guys who can get there. He's also somebody with his speed can be really good on the forecheck. Think about the way almost that Ilya Mikheyev was last year at times, able to get it in on the forecheck and turn, turn pucks over in the O-zone and then try and keep plays alive when you're there. So, you know, there's a couple of really good benefits that Sam Lafferty has. And then he's an elite penalty killer, elite penalty killer, which is something that we also talked about looking into when you're Toronto and you say to yourself, okay, if they're going to make some additions to this team, I hope they do and they bring in guys who they can also use on special teams and, and more so on the penalty kill or PP2. Well, O'Reilly's going to do both, PP2, and he can kill some penalties. But you certainly look at the additions of both Achari and now Sam Lafferty, who can come in and who can also do a good job of killing penalties and making sure that you are very responsible and reliable in your own end, even if you end up getting hemmed out there. Like now, it, honestly, it looks like if you toss out this line, Shelly Keith probably could roll all four lines against anybody against uh, Tampa Bay come, come night one by the additions that had been made by Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the last week and a half. Yeah. And the other thing about Sam Lafferty is, you know, there is a player he's played with on the Leafs and that's Zach Aston Reese back when they yeah. were together in Pittsburgh, but he has 94 hits this season. And that, that is just something that this team is going to need more of when the playoffs come around I love his speed. I love the fact that he's a really good skater. That's going to make him like you look at the guys on the penalty kill. They're all decent skaters. They're going to try to turn. They're going to try to turn that into offense. And that that was a formula that worked for a little bit during the playoffs against Tampa. I think. Yeah, you're. You know, you want to be able to have those guys that are going to be physical, which is what Lafferty and McCabe can do. But you also want guys that are going to be able to push the pace, push the tempo in these playoff matchups, and that's why. I really like the Lafferty ad, and he's a guy that's versatile, can play the wing, can play center, gives Sheldon Keith that many more options. You know, we said that the bottom six was something that if you can address it, it'd be nice. And it looks like Caldubas was able to get a two for one here in this trade. Absolutely, he did. All right, so let's take a quick break. On the other side, 
Let's talk about if this satisfies all the needs and see where these guys might slot best because there's a couple different options for both of these players. So we can look at their fits on the team and on the roster and then also what's next because there's going to be some cap gymnastics to be made in a couple different uh, avenues that the Leafs could go in. Uh, so we'll tell you about that. There could be another deal in the mix. Kyle Dubas says he still plans to be active on the phone lines between now and next Friday. So we'll talk about what is also coming up in the future over the course of the next week as well. But first, Dave, have it a word from one of our show sponsors. Yes, and that is a product that I use every day. It is Athletic Greens. You know, if you want or somebody who likes to have simplicity in their life, you don't have to worry about taking pills at different parts of the day. If you want to remember to take your vitamins at one part and you want to take something later in the day, let's just all get a one, all done in one shot with Athletic Greens because it is one scoop of AG1 and to a cup of water and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It helps you start your day off right. It is a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, nervous system, energy, recovery, focus, your immune system, aging, all of those things. I just like the fact that it's one scoop in a cup of water every day. It's easy to do right in the morning. I can make sure that I get my day started off right. Tons of people take all kinds of multivitamins, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Your subscription will also come with a year supply of vitamin D, which is important to add in these winter months when you don't get that much sunlight. Flutter Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to, reco supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition, optimal nutrition routine on your own. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free child packs with your purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike Stefano and Dave Morissuti. We're reacting to a trade that went down today between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Leafs have acquired Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty for uh, a future first, a future second. Pavel Gogolev and Joey Anderson going out the door. The Leafs also getting a couple of conditional uh, mid-round picks. There's a couple of conditional fifth-rounders. There is a condition on the first-round pick also that the Toronto Maple Leafs gave up. It's a 2025 conditional that is top 10 protected. So if the pick just so happens to be in the top 10, then uh, Toronto will, for, will keep that pick or have the option to keep that pick and give up their 2026 first-rounder um, with no protection instead. So very similar to basically the trade protections that are on uh, the, the New York Islanders trade with uh, with the um, – from Vancouver. both that went to Vancouver. Yes, thank you. Uh, so that's, 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 that's the deal. So let's figure out where these guys fit in because 
I'll start with Jake McCabe because he's maybe a little bit more tricky to f- see where he fits because not because he's, uh, you know, I don't know where to put him, but there's just a couple different avenues you could go. Like I think Jake McCabe, because he can play the left and the right side, he is somebody who conceivably you could play with Morgan Riley up on your top line. And then that leaves you with TJ Brody and insert player you want there, right? Whether that's Mark Giordano, whether that's Timothy Lilligren, whether that's Justin Hall. You know, like there's a couple of different options that you could roll with here if you want to play him on that top pair. Or, again, you could keep Brody with Morgan Riley. You could flip Jake uh, McCade to the right and play him with Mark Giordano. And then you could have a third line of potentially Sandine and Hall or Sandine Lilligren or however you want it to be. Like there's some options here. Like where 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 are you thinking that Jake McCabe might be suited best at um, in this Leafs roster? And then who's kind of the guy on the outside looking in right now? Yeah, that's that's kind of been I've been doing multiple different combinations, trying to figure out exactly where I want to go with this. And I I'm of the belief that I want to try Jake McCabe with Morgan Rowley first. Like let's let's get that and going and then i want to see if maybe you can do brody on the left and you can have i mean you can choose between having lilligren on the right there and then you can do like a giordano sandine giordano hall as your third pairing i think hall and sandine are kind of the two here that are going to, are going to be a little bit interchangeable going forward in my opinion so interestingly brody and lilligren have only played 37 minutes together this year Probably if you look at any other defenseman, the least um, time spent together among all of these players so far this year, which is interesting because you look at Brody and he's kind of the team's best defensive option on the blue line. And Lilligren is kind of turning into another really good option that they have, yet they've yet to play a, a long stretch of games together. So I would be curious to see if that works out. If they do want to try that as a top four my question is, do you think that Timothy Lilligren can uh, can play those tough minutes in the playoffs? Can he play those top four shutdown minutes? Because Brody's going to be on your shutdown pair. So you're going to throw him against Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Like, is, is that who you're throwing Timothy Lilligren against um, come playoff time? And he's got a battle in front of the net with those guys. You feel comfortable with that? I, I'm not, I'm actually comfortable with that. Like, I think you got until now, until the end of the season to kind of see if he can do it. Worst case, you can do, you got so many different options. You could literally do a Brody Giordano pairing and make that your shutdown pairing, which sounds actually much better now that I actually say it. And then you can keep your Sandy Lilligren into your sheltered minutes in terms of the, you know, I, I think it's going to de- de- depend on the matchups, right? I think how Sheldon Keefe wants to play those matchups, but you know, I, I think if you can spread things out, it means that no one's going to be put into a tough matchup on the road where a team's going to try to take advantage of those changes. But I, I think you gotta you gotta experiment. Like this is the time where you're going to experiment a little bit just to see what's going to be the right fit because Jake McCabe and Morgan Riley may not actually be a fit. We don't know. Um, it might end up being a different combination, and I guarantee what we're saying today won't be true when they actually have their first practice. So this is probably, so we're, we're along the same lines. 
I'm going to show you the lineup that I scribbled that was my first option, and I'll show you my second option. It's pretty much what we've talked about here, too. So my first option is as follows, okay? Uh, you got it mirrored. <laughs> well, that's chicken scratch. So no one can read it. But it's Riley McCabe, Brody, and Justin Hall, and then Gio and Lilligren as the third pair. That is what I believe would be kind of the first look, first option I'd look at here because – for me, if Riley McCabe works, I think you're 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 laughing, you're happy, because there's there's one guy who can bring out the best in Justin Hall. It's typically T.J. Brody. Hall does look the part of a top four shutdown defenseman when he's alongside T.J. Brody. Brody just makes things easy for Justin Hall. He mm -hmm. settles him down, and he's not making nearly as many mistakes, and he turns into a quite competent player. So that's that is something that if if Riley, Riley McCabe works, I like Brody Hall as that shutdown physical pairing in uh, in the postseason. Keep in mind, Justin Hall also a big part of this team's penalty kill unit. He is their like one of their top defensive penalty killers all season. So taking him out of the lineup is not something that Sheldon Keefe I think wants to do a whole lot. And then that would leave Gio and Lilligren to take on uh, you know some some third pair minutes, which would be great for them. Obviously it takes a little load off geo and then Lilligren doesn't get those tougher minutes that maybe he's not quite ready for. Or as you mentioned, Riley McCabe, geo and Brody as your shutdown and then Sandin and Lilligren slash hall. And this is where it gets interesting as, uh, as your other option here. So there's a couple of different ways you could go with Jake McCabe. He is a natural lefty. So there is also a, a way where maybe, you know, you see Lilligren go up and play with Riley and you can play McCabe and Brody maybe as a shutdown pairing and then have Gio and, and Sandine or Gio and Hall as your third pair. That's one other option that I thought of as well. So there's a couple of different things, and these are what I expect to be somewhat the combinations that uh, Sheldon Keefe rolls with over the next, what's their 20 games remaining for the Maple Leafs? The next 20 games to figure out exactly um, what pairing works best for uh, for his club come game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I, it's going to – what we have here, I guarantee won't be the same when the – it might not be the same when the season ends because – this is this is gonna be we we don't know how Sheldon Keith. I mean, I guarantee Sheldon Keith hasn't really thought too much if if he's just hearing about the trade. Like he didn't know. Oh, I'm sure he's thought about he just like me. He has at least three different looks he wants yeah. to get in the first probably ten games, guaranteed. I'll say this: this lead and Kyle Dubas mentioned this. This trade was being done well before the Lightning made the trade for Tanner Janot. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that yeah that. Sheldon Keefe had a little bit more of a heads up than the O'Reilly Achari trade that kind of caught him a little off guard. Even the O'Reilly Achari trade, like I think he had an understanding because he had already had that conversation with John Tavares, like prior to that deal coming down. And, and there was an understanding that, Hey, there might be something in the works here. You know, are you willing to move to the wing? So I, I, I think he's, he's got a good pulse on what's going on. I think everything's made, um, with lockstep with Kyle Dubas. He's he's filled in from the second that something's close, I would think, just to give him that opportunity to say, yep, this is where he would fit. This is where we would use him. Let's go out and make that deal. He would make our, our 
our PK better. He'd make us better in defensive zone situations. He'd make us better, you know, when we're defending a lead in the third period, we like sending that guy over the boards more than we'd like sending him over the boards. So that's certainly more of an upgrade, right? So I think he's uh, he's he's got a pulse of what's going on here. Um, Sam Lafferty, though. Where does Sam Lafferty fit for you? Is he more of a third or a fourth line guy? I'm just debating if Sheldon Keefe wants to mess with that third line. He seems to want to get that chemistry going. It's been not great, though, huh? It's been ineffective, to in my opinion. I, I think that would be the ideal place where you have, you know, you maybe put Lafferty. I'm just thinking who you're moving off. Like, maybe you're moving Engvall off of there, and you're moving Engvall to the fourth. Just because you're going to have – you already have Lafferty who has the speed. He's going to bring a little bit more of that physical element to the line. And then you put Engvall on the fourth line, and I think Kerfoot would be the one – either Kerfoot or Aston Reese are coming out. Like, that that's kind of where I see it. And the big question, too, is the Leafs have to get under the cap. And now, they don't necessarily need to make a trade – you're going. You're getting ahead of us here. You're getting ahead of us. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're getting to that. But these are the guys that potentially could be moved out of the way because, like, you're bringing in Sam Lafferty. You're playing Sam Lafferty. He's not sitting in the press box at all. Right. And yeah, I think the third line would be where I I would put him because you bring that physical element that seems to be missing there. <sighs> could he move David Camp to four C and get? Lafferty very well could at three C like, is that something that might, might be, might be something we could see. Maybe you move him to the wing and uh, you know, Angle is a guy who moves down and then all of a sudden you've got, uh, yeah, like you said, Zach Aston Reese or, or Kerfoot. How does Matthew Nyes fit into the situation if he ends up inevitably, you know, signing here and getting into Toronto. So, there are a lot of questions, and I'll be curious to see where exactly he fits. Um, they'll practice tomorrow, and I'm sure that's where we'll kind of get our first glimpse at where he's going to fit. But I think a, you know, a speedy four-checker, right now, game one, if I had to wager a guess, I would think he probably will be on the fourth line, I would think. And, and he'll probably take Zach Aston Reese's spot unless – Alex Kerfoot sits for hashtag trade related reasons and they need to, uh, to get, you know, another body in there. And that's where Sam Lafferty could end up being. But I would, I would say fourth line to start. And there's an opportunity for him to, you know, be a good third line shutdown guy. Holy crap. It is snowing like a mother outside right now, by the way, just looked out my window and saw that. Um, Okay, let's 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 take one more quick break and talk about what's next. Because you started to tee it up. There's a cap problem with this trade, and not necessarily with this trade, but once they activate Murray, something's got to give. Someone's got to go. Let's chat about that on the other side. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about one of the show sponsors, and that's our good pals over at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. You got to look for a Built Bar. 
We just got through the holidays. I know that my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're someone like me, you want to eat healthy, but don't want to compromise taste. And man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't even know that they're good for you. It's perfect for that New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Oh, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% Real chocolate to come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm really not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around any longer. For years, we talk about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. So Built Bar, it's a protein that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, or head to Walmart or Sam's Club. Um, but at Built Bar, at Built.com, you can get 15% off your next order using the promo code LOCKED15. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs bringing Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty into the fold. Um, which means the Toronto Maple Leafs have a little bit of cap space still, considering that uh, they got a couple of players on LTIR. So as it sits right now after the trade, they do have $2.7 million in cap space as it stands. However, Dave, where the problem arises is when they try to activate Matt Murray. And by activating Matt Murray and sending down Joseph Wall, the team is then just a little over a million dollars over the cap. That would be a problem, David. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't, as uh, Wes McCauley would say, you can't do that. No, you cannot. Uh, So the Maple Leafs will have, you know, a decision to make, essentially. uh, And it sounds as though, okay, so... One of their decisions, I suppose, one of the options or directions that this team could go in uh, would be Matt Murray just remains an LTIR until the playoffs, right? Pulls a Kucherov, and we don't see him again until the playoffs, uh, which is possible, but considering that he was practicing over the weekend, he traveled with the team, and he's with them right now and is scheduled to be activated on um, March 1st on Wednesday, it doesn't sound likely that that is going to be the case. They'll probably bring him back. And barring some sort of setback or injury in that game, Matt Murray's cap will be uh, will be utilized, um, if not this Wednesday, at some point soon. So that's if that happens and they activate him, uh, they can't actually do that until other moves are made. Essentially, they got to move out one of Kerfoot, Hall, or Pierre Engvall. Will have to be waived or dealt in order to facilitate Murray coming off of LTIR. So it's it's interesting. We praised and talked about how this team has made these two big trades without moving any piece of their main roster, but it does appear that one of those guys will have to go. And I'm curious as to who you think that should or would be. Yeah, it's a real conundrum. It's funny because Kyle Dubas doesn't seem like he wants to make the decision anytime soon. He said, "One, an old friend once said that when you have time, you use it. And I believe that old friend was Lou Lamarillo, by the way. Yeah. Um, I The obvious answer for me is Kerfoot. 
just because of the role he's played, meaning he doesn't have a role. He is on the fourth line, and that's a very expensive fourth liner to have. And it really, I mean, I understand that he's someone that if like an injury happens, you can move him up and down, but you also just made moves to upgrade in certain positions. And Kerfoot just seems like the one that seems like it just seems like he's the obvious one to me, but that also just means the obvious one just could be someone else. Um, whoever is more, e- whoever would be the easiest to trade at this point. That's the other thing. Yeah. And the, uh, the scenario that Sheldon or that uh, Kyle Dubas gave in his presser was, you know, we've been here before. We thought we were going to have to trade somebody. Um, and then all of a sudden Sandine gets injured and then they did not have to make a move. Um, and they were able to, to go about their deadline without having to, to trade away a roster piece or some sort of cap hit. So, you know, something could happen in one of these games and then they don't necessarily need to make a move. I think everyone's knocking on wood that nobody gets injured, but he doesn't want, you know, to make that trade. And then someone gets hurt and all of a sudden you're like, we didn't need to move out Alex Kerfoot or Justin Hall or Pierre Engvall. And then you're regretting making that move. So as he said, time is on our side. Pretty much, I would assume that they're not going to activate. Um, this probably tells me that they're not going to activate Murray until at least Saturday. So if there's no injury between today and Saturday, or today and Friday at 3 p.m., they probably make a deal. And, and I think what what Cal Dubas said was, we kind of know what's going on, and we know what our options are. So at 2.58 on Saturday, or on uh, Friday rather, right ahead of the deadline, if no injury has come and there's no one who's going on LTIR to recruit, magically create space. Um, he has a deal in place, I believe, that could go down should uh, should they need to move out some cap space. And Frank Cerevalli is linking Alex Kerfoot to Vancouver. Um, so that's one name, obviously, that's on this list of guys who could get dealt. And, you know, he's I'm pretty sure he's a BC-born kid. So going back to, to BC potentially or around, you know, where he's from and uh, Vancouver has had interest in him in the past, apparently. So that's one place where maybe they do look to, to make a deal, but that would also give the Leafs like an additional 2 million in cap space that they do deal out his three and a half million. Like they don't need three and a half. They just need 1 million, mm-hmm. which means that additional two and a half that they create, like they could bring someone back that's on Vancouver and they could go and get like a a Luke Shen if you really wanted to, or go and get somebody else if they can make some other trade work to, to help. I don't know what that would entail, but it's possible that there could be more moves made here. Um, But yeah, good chance that either Matt Murray's done for the regular season or one of Kerfoot Hall or Engvall uh, will not be a Maple Leaf come Friday at 3.01 PM. Um, That I can, I can, pretty much assure you unless an injury arises, which I guess would negate the, the need to make a move there. But it sounds like uh, Kyle will still be active throughout, you know, the, the week and seeing if there's any way that he can make his team any better. But Dave, I, I would say that he's got this team in a pretty good position to went around and maybe win a win a Stanley Cup like they they're, they went out and they added to this group and they've now added Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Chari, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty and maybe even Matthew Nye still to come. 
I'm really not too sure uh, how much better he could have done than that, you know, considering that he didn't give up, you know, next year's first round pick. He didn't give up Matthew Nice. He didn't give up Minton or Robertson or Nimala, you know. So I, I think Kyle Dubas has done a really good job getting this team into a position where they can compete for a Stanley Cup and they can compete against the Tampas and the Bostons of the world. What do you make of uh, the moves he's made so far? Do you think he's done? Is there one more thing to be to be made? And if not, is a team good enough to be Stanley Cup champions as currently? What's the word I'm looking for? As they currently sit. Constructed is the word. I was thinking architect. I'm like, that's not it. Constructed. <laughs> I, I think I think you every single move he's made, there's been a purpose behind it. And you can see he's not just going to beat Tampa. He wants this to be a deep run. And he's made the team way more competitive than I think they were to start the season based on how everything was looking. And the, f- the fact that he can still make moves means like th- this, this is going to be a very interesting few days for the Leafs. I, I don't think they're done just because of the fact that they do need to clear up the, the question about the cap space. And it, it just shows that, you know, everyone was worried about, Oh, you know, Boston adds Orlov. Tampa adds, uh, as you know, Kyle Dubas, even though he's not saying he's reacting to the moves, in a way, he is reacting to those moves and just giving this Leafs team the best chance to win a cup. And he hasn't really gone all in like this. Like, he's made one or two small moves, like not really giving up a whole, whole lot, going and grabbing one player. The fact that he's bringing in four new players... Like that's significant to a team that you feel is already kind of constructed at, and you know you don't want to take her too much, but now he sees these four players are gonna make us that much better, and you you can't fault him for you know addressing as many of the needs as as this team has. Yeah, he's given up two first round picks, two second round picks, a third round pick, like. There's a lot of picks in the top 100 that he's he's given up to to make a push here, and and it's not just for this year. Like those additions of of Lafferty and and you know obviously Jake McCabe is for uh, multiple runs and multiple pushes. Considering that they both have some term left on their deal, we'll see if they can find a way to bring O'Reilly back and maybe a Noel Achari. And I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. But either way, um, you know Kyle Dubas is is. He's been a busy man the last little bit, and we'll see what he's got in store for us over the course of the next week. Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, the NHL trade deadline. How much more, or if anything, does uh, Kyle Dubas have to do? What's up his sleeve? I guess we'll find out. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck uh, and uh, follow Dave as well at D underscore Morissuti. Leave a like and a comment uh, down below. Let us know your thoughts on the deal and uh, what you think maybe Kyle Dubas might still have up his sleeve. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.